Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to episode number 72 of your Heroes of Noise. I am one half of this amazing dynamic duo. My name is Steve. He is half of this dynamic duo. I am the other half. What's happening, everybody? My name is Dan Ramirez, and welcome to Heroes of Noise. We are here to tantalize your eardrums and entertain your minds and, you know, warm up your souls and stuff like that, because that's what we do. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? You know, the funny thing is, you don't not only warm the soul, but you, we warm the body, mind, and spirit is what it's we true. do. Now, your it's very bo- true. <laughs> your body is a little bit a little bit off today, but we do warm the body. <laughs> got to bring up old shit all the time, man. <laughs> what kind of day have you been having, Dan? I kind of banged my knee up last night. <laughs> Dude, this table is a fucking killer. It's broken my toe over the last year, okay? Last year, I broke my toe on this thing. And last night... I stood up really quickly and banged the, like, just the corner of my knee, or the, I should say the the corner of my kneecap right into the corner of the table. And now it's all swollen and I'm limping on it. I'm actually wearing a leg brace today. <laughs> no, you're not, Dan. <laughs> yeah, kind of jacked up. But I'm okay. Like, I'm, I'm not injured or anything. It just hurts like a son of a bitch. I mean, like, can you kind of give us the story? That's the story. There's nothing to it. I'm a clumsy bastard and I banged my knee into a corner well, and that's it. What were you doing? Standing up. <laughs> there's oh, nothing. Trust damn. me. There's nothing fantastic about I this story. You were, like, I'm just telling you. Laps in your living room or something. Yeah, because everyone does laps <laughs> in their living room. Steve, why does everything have to be so goddamn grandiose with you? Can I but, just can I just bang my knee? Getting up, Dan. I'm listen. <laughs> I'm like my worst enemy. I'm telling you right now. I'm getting old. I'm gonna be the guy that breaks his hip and then catches pneumonia and dies. That's gonna be me, Dan. I didn't, That's being optimistic. I thought you were like <laughs> running to the like, like, oh, I got to go get something from the fridge because I'm super thirsty. And then blow. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. All right, Steve, you want to know what happened? I'll tell you the truth Thank of what you. happened. I wanted to be kind of modest about it, Thank but I will tell you what happened. So me and the woman are having sex, right? Why you got to bring my woman in here? <laughs> you hear that, Gail? Gail's just hearing this right now. So I'm banging my wife, right? <laughs> I puts my foot on the, because in the shower, so I puts my foot up on the soap dish to get a little creative. Little did I know that there was a little bit of conditioner somehow fell. I ain't saying why the conditioner's there when it's not in someone's hair, you know what I'm saying? Oh. So maybe it wasn't even conditioner. Oh. I was just using the bottle. Oh. It's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) There I am. I start flaying to and fro. And the next thing you know, I'm on my ass in the shower. It's so funny. Hold on. I'll give you another one. Okay. All right, Steve. So there I was, man. It was like dead at night, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably like 1030 at night. Nice. And I'm sitting there and I'm writing my notes on how to make the world a better place. Oh, I haven't released these things yet. Mm-hmm. But um, it is something that I plan on doing a big speech uh, next year. In, as, uh, as one does. Yes. Right. You have to do these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to be going to Sweden to do this. And uh, so anyway, I don't really like to talk about it. It's a humanitarian no thing. No big. Anyway, what happened was, um, so I'm sitting there, and I thought that I heard the cries of the children of the nation. And I just happened to stand up, alarmed at the whole thing, thinking, you know what? It's time to send Dan in there to fix the problems of the world. And what do you know, Steve? Bang. 
Got my oh, knee right there. Oh, you know what? Never mind. You're right. And I did admittedly forget about the cries of the children of the nation for just a small moment. But coincidentally, what happened was uh, at the same time, I thought I saw like a little bit of bright, you know, like fireish light through my window. Open up the door. What are you going to know? It's a fine. How do you do one of the houses on fire right next door? So what I did was I ran over there and I rescued a burning baby. Then the, if that's what happened, Dan, my bad. Because you were that's able what to, happened. Okay, you were able to save. Okay, never mind. Kid is fine. Okay. Parents, not so much, but the kid is fine. And so we knee, are adopting. Your knee, not so much. Yeah, but that's okay because we're going to adopt this kid now. Oh, come on. Because they were like, we know that if we leave this child with you, this kid's going to grow up right. So, you know, we got a few papers to sign. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have a, a new son. Person, that is a, can we give, oh, push the applause button, please. Oh, I mean, if you really want me to. I, I, I mean, dude. I mean, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Thanks. About your leg, seriously. I'm sorry that you hurt yourself. You said you actually know, being that you work in a, the gist of a medical situation, you said you think you did what to your what? Uh, I think I may have inflammated my patellar tendon. And where's your patellar? Patella is your kneecap. Really? So I'm talking about the tendon that connects from, connects from your thigh to your kneecap. Oh, that's the not top good, of it, bro. That's not I'll be good all right. at all. I mean, you will, but you probably are going to want to. You're going to want to get a massage, Jay. Uh, I see where your head's going, buddy. I know you what you're know talking what I about. Said. You yeah. know? See, Gail, do you see what he's suggesting? He's a <laughs> terrible influence. <laughs> terrible. Enough about my knee, Steve. How are you? I'm putting it on the podcast so I hold myself accountable. You know what? What's I'm, that? You know what I've been uh, getting quotes for? Are you ready? Hit me. A um. Backyard studio. Really? Yeah. An actual. I mean, anyone can get quotes, Steve. I mean, are you are you are you wasting these people's time or are you very serious? About I am this? very serious only because I recently read a book about um, uh, people that were successful and what they put into their business before it actually blew up. And I'm like, I've done nothing. <laughs> so this leads me to go completely around what you're talking about and just hit you with the big question. Mm hmm. First, it's going to be an observation. So, uh, no, I'll go with the question first. So, how many bedrooms do you have in your house? Three. Three. Maj has one of those, right? Yes. And then the next one is your studio, correct? Yes. So, why the need to move the studio? Because Ramaj, like when I'm playing music at night and he's going to have a job and a, uh, going to school, he, his, job, his school starts at six in the, or seven in the morning. I'm used to blasting my music in the house. That's probably not going to be conducive to his schedule. Very courteous of you. Well, the you thing sure is, that's the only reason? Maybe you won't need the extra room. I for... do that. Well, that that wouldn't work anyway because there's two more. Oh, yeah, gotcha. that wouldn't okay. work anyway. I um, but I would be like, okay, I need a legitimate podcasting slash music studio. It would be so fantastic to have a place to go. I mean, I already have it. But I would like to have a dedicated studio where everything's all set up and everything all the time and you just walk in and push go. That'd be great. Wouldn't it be amazing? It would be fantastic. So when are you doing this? Well, I got a few. One of them. Now, if they're, what I've realized now is that if it's too high, you're like, geez, Louise. But I have come to the conclusion that too high is better than too low. <laughs> it really depends on who you're bringing out there to do that. Because some people will do it for like a 12 pack of beer. Yeah, and that's my thing. I'd rather someone go overboard and be like, okay, that's too expensive. Then someone was like, 
$527. I'm like, that doesn't seem like that's the right thing at all. <laughs> Again, you get what you pay for. And my thing is this, is I mean, like, I'm going to- Oh, you want it soundproof? Oh, yeah, that's not- Well, the soundproof, all I'm going to do is insulate it. I'm going to insulate it like I insulate my room. It's not going to go to the next door neighbors. Like, that is so loud, I would be hurting my ears for it to get from my backyard to my next door neighbor's house. Kind of square footage are you talking? Only 10 by 12, because then I don't have to have a um, permit. Are you putting AC in it? You know it. Nice. I'm all for it. I think it's good. The hardest thing is going to be running electrical. Sounds like you're getting yourself into a very costly situation. It's not. Actually, it's it's like such a normal, like this is not one of those things that are just, uh, that's super duper expensive. It's really not as much. I was thinking it's going to be like $30,000. No, no, it's not that much. You know who has a freaking racket going? Soundproof businesses. That's where the racket is, dude. You're going to do the egg carton thing? You No, I'm not going to even do that. You eat a lot of eggs. I do eat a lot of eggs. I don't eat carton eggs. I, I eat, uh, well, technically it's a carton, but I eat egg whites out of a um, container. Wow. Is this the most interesting podcast we've ever done? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, thinking about putting some carpet in, Steve. Uh, I got some a really nice uh, cut of Berber that was handed off to me. So, so my knee's <laughs> acting up, right? Yeah, exactly. What the f- Welcome to the old man show. We've got busted knees. Dreams of construction in the background, in the backyard rather, and a Berber carpet. Yeah, we well, are not off to a good start. Well, we got to flip thing. this bad boy around. We, we must be doing something right because we got some good news this week. I think we owe these people a thank you. I would like to say that Heroes of Noise, we happily hit 14,000 downloads over the last week. I, I can't thank you guys enough, man. It's just crazy that our voices have been heard 14,000 times. Is that crazy, bro? That is it's insane. just it's just nuts, man. So, I mean, I, you know, it'd be crazy if it was like 14,000 individual listeners. That's clearly not the case. But I really can't begin to thank you guys enough for your support of the show, for being accepting of Steve and myself on other shows. And honestly, from the bottom of this guy's heart, thank you so much, man, because it just means the world to us. I'm going to go ahead and pass this over to Steve. Here's the thing. I walked into this podcast. I used to tell uh, Dan, I was like, I don't care if we get one. I don't care if we get two people. I don't care if we get three, whatever. And um, it re- I was just ready to be like, hey, we're going to just be speaking to our awesome people, even if there's like five of them. I'm good with that. And to hear that we had 14,000 downloads is insane to me. It makes me super duper happy, super duper pleased, even if it's just 14 people that downloaded us a thousand times each, which is even crazier. Right. I'd be like, wow, that is a dedicated fan base. But um, just thank you so much. Everyone that's listened, everyone that has, uh, you know, gone through it with our interesting, like we literally switcherooed right in the middle of our podcast run. We did a lot of different stuff. We did the Babadook series. We did just weird things and y'all stuck with us. And so I really appreciate it. I can't tell you, I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. I wish I could reach out to every single one of y'all and say thank you, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we look forward to a million. We look forward to 500,000 and we look forward to even three more. Every number means something because you're taking the time out of your day to listen to our voices. So we really do appreciate it. And I know Dan has some people that he would love to thank on my behalf too that have actually helped us in this huge benchmark. Absolutely. Just a quick shout out to the podcast that have hosted us, had us on. 
promoted us. Like, seriously, guys, this is awesome. So I just wanted to give some shout outs to, of course, Pop Culture Leftovers, uh, The Scene It Cast, Tales from the Yard, Attention Deficit Order Radio, Blurds Are Us, Real Zodiac, Horribly Awkward Podcast, who else? Uh, Wild Pretty Things. I'm trying to think, is there anybody else that I'm missing right now? If there are, I'm very sorry, but you guys are fucking amazing. Oh, and another podcast that has been repping us on Twitter uh, with like follow Fridays and things like that. They're called the Sweet Shiznit Podcast. I think it's S H W E E T S C H I Z N I T, I believe is what it is. You guys have given us mad compliments on Twitter. And thank you so much for that, too. I mean, we haven't even really came into contact with you guys yet, but uh, thank you very much. I, I, I could sit here and go on and on about this. It just blows my mind every week that we throw our voice out into the void and it comes back with positive re- response. You know, I mean, I'm glad that we really haven't had to really any kind of negative response yet. I'm sure it'll hit somebody wrong one of these days. But uh, again, this just means the world to us, guys. And thank you very much. We hope you keep listening. We actually kept 14,000 downloads even with the Bobadick series. So, dude, come on, man. You, <laughs> you think it would have been like 15,000 had we not done the Bobadick series? <laughs> oh, dude, it, it probably, it probably would have. But um, <laughs> I'm pr- I don't care. I like the Bobadick series. I am not, no apologies. People still talk about it. They actually have talked about it in a certain place. Where have they been? And you told me, you said, Steve, you need to come on in. Because they're talking about the Bobbit. <laughs> we have a new little family, man. So I mentioned it last week. Started the Heroes of Noise podcast community on Facebook. And what's cool about it is it's all the people that we really wanted there. But the people that we haven't gotten there yet, you. I'm talking to you folks. We want you there. So look us up on Facebook. It's called the Heroes of Noise podcast community. This is our own little private area where we can all get together, get to know each other. You can throw up your memes. You can put up reviews, uh, start conversations, man. Just keep it nice. That's all we're asking. But we would love to have you and everyone that's been on there so far and been commenting. Thank you so much, guys. Some of you still a little bit shy, I notice. Like we have multiples, you know what I mean? That that multiple people that are reposting a lot. And I think that's really awesome. But guys, feel free. Like you're more than welcome to do so. Don't feel like you're, oh, I don't know these people that well. This is how you get to know us. We are very accessible. Steve, would you agree? I mean, me more so than Dan, but yes. Yeah, I mean, as you know, it's very hard to reach me. But Steve is there all the time, so he's going to be there for you. Uh Uh-huh. Totally. (laughs) I don't know what you're laughing at, but okay. (laughs) But in all seriousness, guys, thanks again for everything. We uh, welcome you with open arms to the Heroes of Noise podcast community. Again, that's on Facebook. Please join. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very curious to see what we... Like what kind of results we get over the next week because we want you, every single one of you, even if you don't have Facebook, join up just for us. It's going to be fun. Takes a little time to get things moving, but they're starting to go. So, yes, please. Um, just to move things along, Dan sent me this week. We Dan and I start texting. We start texting. Thing we do sometimes. And start talking about country rap. A subject that I don't really care for at all. Period. And Dan sends me this video. Um, it's a video from the guy's name is. Bianco Brown. Is it Bianco or Blanco, Blanco Brown? It's Blanco Brown. Blanco Brown. And he said, hey, Steve, I really, you should probably listen to this before uh, you listen to it on the pod. Or Because I was like, hey, you want me to listen to this now? Or do you want me to listen to it on the pod? You're like, probably going to want to listen to it now. Well, you know why, right? Like, I wanted it to sort of marinate with you for a little while. Oh, it did. <laughs> Real quick, though, Steve, before we do that one, maybe we should talk about what inspired this in the first place. Which, of course, was this little ditty. Take my horse to the old town road 
I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is matted black. Got the boosters black. Yeah. Riding on a horse. So. So just a taste of what started this. That was that, of course, was Lil Nas X. Let's talk about the name first. No relation, right? Uh, no, they're not. It's cousins. not like like Nas' little cousin or little, no. little brother or something no, like that. No, like my cousin's names aren't Little Steve. It doesn't work like that. So why do you think he went with Lil Nas? I don't know. <clears throat> when I first heard him, was this? And the thing is, this is such a a, hard, a, a difficult thing for me because when I first heard of this kid it was because of this song and i didn't like the song but then billboard wouldn't let him on the country charts because he's not quote unquote country just read that the other day and everybody was even me started then pulling for him be like oh i see what y'all are doing because you sure do let miley cyrus on like hip-hop Hip hop charts, and she definitely ain't that. Yeah, R&B. she has a little more uh, carte blanche, would you say? Yes, and so I start. I did not like the song, but oddly enough, I started rooting for this kid. And so when I hear he gets Billy Ray Cyrus in the studio, I start thinking, oh boy, this might go a different direction, and it might not work out. And somehow, he's able to stick the landing on this thing because even though I don't like it I know that it exactly what he wanted to accomplish that song accomplished that and so I was like hey look I may not like the song but the kid's story is just an undeniable (laughs) it's an undeniable story dude and then like Billy Ray Cyrus they like he was driving somewhere and he saw big old posters of him saying hey number one on billboard and next to the sign, Billy Ray Cyrus said, I wouldn't have this without Lil X, Lil Nas X. He made a sign for that. I said, it's, okay, these guys are doing everything to make me <laughs> like this story. They're doing everything to make me like this story. So I don't like the song, but I don't want that to overshadow how important the story is. Everyone loves a good success story. and yes! you know, And it's not like he's preaching hate. It's just no. a weird, it's, it's, an, um, it's an odd crossover. It's very strange. Like, apparently this is starting to happen, right? And it's, so it's, it's becoming a thing. So it's going to get a lot of hate from one side or the other. Of course. But you know what? I wish the kid well. Totally. This song is kind of everywhere. I mean, it was even featured in the new Rambo trailer, yeah. Last Blood, which I was like, okay, this song is now, this is now a thing. It's a thing, dude. And it's to the point now, there's some video, uh, Lil Nas X actually went to an elementary school and did like this surprise performance of the song. This is huge, bro. Like, it, what is his, his demographic? Because listen to this. This is the reaction. Here, I'll fast forward just a little bit. There's hundreds of kids. Now, if that wasn't for the little voices that are coming out there, that sounds like a full-on concert right there. 
Yes, and it's a um. He, he I know that they did a big old. Uh, I don't know if I was at the gym and it was like on CBS or something, but yeah, it, or sixty minutes, and they were talking to both of them about this thing. And obviously, the guy has to, or the person interviewing has to ask, "Are you worried about this being a one hit thing?" And he's so young that it doesn't even cross his mind. He's like, "No, I'm just going to do this again and again." And in my brain, I said, "I'm sure every person with a one hit wonder thought." Oh, I'm just going to continue doing this. But here's the thing. I think for him, uh, I wish somebody was around him being like, if I were you, I would ride this to the sun comes up. Ride it into the sunset, some would say. (laughs) (laughs) And just do and just be like, make millions off this song and chill. Just like Billy Ray Cyrus did. Just make money off this song and maybe do whatever. But if he can do it again, great. I'm rooting for the kid. Um, everyone that's now, and I got to be careful be, uh, by saying riding his coattails because let's just say another country rap thing happens and it's huge, but this person had been doing it for a long time. It just so happens that this kind of brought them to the spotlight. So I will say anyone that's starting specifically to do what Lil Nas X is doing, I mean, more power to you. I mean, hip hop is such a massive juggernaut that it ha- it could take over what whatever you do with it it is very catchy all it has to do is catch the right person's ear That's and it. if that person happens to be in the spotlight yeah. kind of like dictating what's cool so to speak mm-hmm. yeah. it can be huge that's the totally. that's the honest truth that's totally i just don't think i think old town road i'm going to call it this was a one hitter quitter yeah i think so and the story had a lot to do with the success of it and um, I just love the kid. I think the kid is just really a, from what I've seen, the kid is just a cool kid. That's Have you having seen him in his... a fun with his little get up. Yeah, his little get up. <laughs> yeah, with a little hat. I'm just like, you know, he's right. He's doing this all the way. And don't get me wrong. I understand how hip hop and country purists are pretty agitated about it. But they were, you know, country purists were agitated at um, Homegirl, uh, Taylor Swift. They didn't think she was really country. Right. I couldn't tell the difference. I was like, sounds country to me, but they were really like, why is she winning these awards when she's not country? And hip hop purists were kind of like with, uh, you know, other people winning hip hop awards that weren't technically in their brain. Hip hop. I get it. But this all encompassing get together is a thing we're going to see more and more in the future. It's just what's going to happen. Now, this, of course, brings us to our next guy. Oh, yeah. What you want to go? I mean, I again, I sort of interrupted your story, so please, what did you think? It was bad, dude. It's just <laughs> Bl- bad. Blanco Brown, right? Yes. And here's right. what I will say, though. Um, a lot can be done with an Avi to make you think it's going to be crazy dope. I'm like, you know what? Avi's matter. How they look when you sent me it, I was like, oh, this is going to be professional because of the look of the picture. I was like, ah, it psyched me out because I listened to it. I was like, that is not. And then, of course, this happened. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. I just need you to get real loose. Grab your loved ones or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Gonna do the two-step and cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with me.
Blanco Brown. <laughs> it's going to be a hit. <laughs> it's going to be. You're going to hear oh, it at every no freaking wedding this summer. It's over. It's over. It, it's your game. It like go a, down and oh, go down and get down in it. Yeah, you're going to be hearing that a lot. But it's just like that square down, that um, now to the left. Now, do si do. There were people in country bars doing that. Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. But again, it's not. Here's what I will say. If someone walked in and said, hey, Steve, I made a country rap song and they played that, I'd be like, for your first outing, that is not bad. Huh, it's pretty catchy. But for me, it's just like, it's it just isn't good for me. For me, it's not good. Well, this and, is what I go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's all. That's all. It's a clear, would you say a cash grab? Does that sound too bitter? Like, I feel like someone went, oh, somebody went to this guy and said, hey, you should do this. This is what's selling right now. And he said, oh, this is going to get me a record. Sure, let's do it. For sure. No question. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's no harm in this or anything like that. No, it's um, fine. It's fine. What I'm getting at is I think there's going to be a huge saturation of this in the coming months. Oh, for sure. It's going to be everywhere. Yes. Be ready for that. Make no mistake. It's going to be everywhere. It's not for me, but you know what? I'd rather them, you know, push the envelope and see what they can do than doing the regular everyday bull crap. Yeah. Or, you know, playing Nazi punk rock or something like that on the radio. No one wants that. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that except half of America, apparently. But, hey, I want to know what y'all think. And the only way to tell us what y'all think is to contact us. And guess who has that information in their back pocket? Who would that be? Dan. Well, Steve Hudson, I'd love to do this, man. But if you don't mind, I'm going to stay topical and just bust it out like this. Hey, everybody. Howdy. Welcome to the Heroes of Noise podcast. My name is Cowboy Dan Ramirez, and you're listening to the Heroes of Noise. That's right. I already said it, but I'd love to say it so goddamn much. If you want to hit us up, just go ahead and put a uh, put a letter into the uh, Pony Express and hit us up at Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. If you want to do something like go over to Twitter, just a belch and a holler away, ladies and gentlemen. Go to Heroes of Noise. That's right. At Heroes of Noise. You can reach me, Cowboy Dan, at Dan Q Public, and my buddy, old Wrangling Steve, at, at S-E underscore Hudson Music. Hit us up on Facebook. That's right, Facebook. You can go to www.heroesofnoise.com and leave us one of them their voicemails. We like those a whole bunch. We like them better than a... We, you know what? We're, it makes us happier than a puppy with two Peters. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, folks, while you're there, visit the Pods of Justice and you can see all our hombres that we're hanging out with right there. That's about it. I think I'm about ready to lose some listeners right now, Steve. So I'm going to turn it back over to Wrangling Steve Hudson. Woo, Steve. Ride us off into the sun. Said, baby. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm very sorry about that. I hope y'all enjoyed Dan's wonderful country time real quick. Country time, country time with Danathan the Manathan. Maybe that's a new segment. Country time with Danathan. I mean, yeah, that could be. And I could, then again, it could not be. Let's go with could not be. You know, this isn't in the notes, but Dan, since you're, you're being so uh, creative, I do have some whiteboard thoughts for you. Oh, dude, we have time for whiteboard thoughts? Let's do it. I only have one. I'm only going to do one. Okay. Because I have 18 and we're never going to get through them. Fair enough. All right. So I was thinking this week, Dan, as I do on the exercise bike, and the band name Nine Inch Nails is not as tough a name as one would think. I'm not afraid of Nine Inch Nails. 
Would you be afraid of nine inch nails if they were in a nine inch nail bomb? Maybe. Flying at you? But 12 or three foot nails are way more. Like, why would they pick such a small nail? Nine inch nails, if I'm not mistaken. Aren't those the nails that they use for railroad tracks? Use for railroad tracks? That is not, if someone said, came after me with nine inch nails, I'd be like, oh, I could probably beat you up. Like if they're like, I'll show you and reach down into their belt and just pulled out a nine inch nail. I'd be like, they say, I'll show you. Exactly. I'm going to show you. (laughs) That's just not, I was sitting, I was like, hey, because I was going through music and it said nine inch nails. I'm like, that is not an intimidating, like band name at all. And I think that's what they were going for. You think they were going for like scary. Yes. And it's Uh, not. I don't think they were going for scary. Nine inch nails for sure. No, I mean, you have to understand there are bands out there, like death metal bands have the best names when it comes to being yes. trying to be scary. Uh, Dying Fetus is the first one that comes to mind. Morbid well, Angel. I think they were going to in, for intimidating. They're not an intimidating band is the thing. Exactly, because of the name. They've got some bangers, though, that are pretty heavy. I believe it. Now, I do have a side note, though. I think Wham! is more intimidating than Nine Inch Nails. Well, you would. As a name. You would. Wham. Yeah, that does not You're sound scary. You're getting hit by some, I'm saying as a name, Wham is way more intimidating than Nine Inch Nails. I would have to strongly disagree with you. Would you rather have a Wham? You get hit by like a two by four. That's Wham. I would rather get hit by a Wham than a Nine Inch Nail. Oh, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. Would you rather step on a Wham or step on a Nine Inch Nail? That's the only way it could hurt is stepping I rest on my case. Would you rather fall on a wham or fall on a nine-inch nail? Oh, I'd rather fall on a wham. I'd rather fall on a nine-inch nail on me because if I fell on a wham, something is coming back and hitting me. Wham! I believe wham is the sound. Yes, of something hitting you. Yeah. So nine you fell on it. Nine-inch nail is just there. Nine-inch nail is just there. It's not an action. Ooh, look at that nine-inch nail. That is not impressive. I'm not buying that, Steve. Listeners, will you please tell this brother what's up? Please tell this cat. A nine-inch nail is probably the least intimidating thing you could run into. Not including a puppy. (laughs) Let's go to my head for just a second, Steve. Why do I deal with such stupidity every single week? He says the most ridiculous things and then turns it over to the listeners who I know are going to agree with me. Does he do it for controversy? Does he do it for the spirit of conversation? I don't know. Did I leave the iron on? I'm hungry. I should have peed before I started recording. Anyway, anyway, sorry. I started drifting there, buddy. But Yeah, no yeah. problem, no problem. Let's continue. Yeah, so please, everybody, write in. And one day we're going to get through all these wipes. You would not believe. The whiteboard thoughts I have on a daily basis. (laughs) Can I be honest? Yes. You said you have 18 of them, right? I have 18. I don't think that was your finest moment. I like that one. It's okay. But it would be like if it was, if you brought this out as a food item at a restaurant, I would probably say that it needed something. Like this just needs something. I don't know what it is. Like it's missing something. Let me me try one more. Yeah, I think you should because that really wasn't your best. No offense. I love you. But Uh, yeah, I get you. Okay, here So yesterday, I realized how mad I would be if someone said they were going out for coffee and if I'd like anything. 
And I said, yes, I would like something. And then they just came back with the ingredients. (laughs) I'd be like, dog, I thought you were getting like actual. I mean, technically they brought me coffee. But you know how mad I'd be if they just brought the ingredients of coffee? You mean coffee beans? Like coffee grounds. But no water. No, as in we have a coffee maker here. But I'd be like, I thought you you asked me. I couldn't say anything, though. If they're like, oh, here's your coffee. You would seem incredibly ungrateful. <laughs> I'm going to do that to you next time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, can I grab you something? Yeah, I'll take a tea. I'm just going to bring you tea leaves. Can you just bring tea leaves? <laughs> there you go, buddy. Nothing's too what good for my say? buddy Steve. What do you say? What do you say? I guess thank you would be the... That's the only thing you could say. Words that come to mind. You would leave that house like that dude or that woman is loco, (laughs) even though they gave you exactly what you wanted. You should have been more specific. Okay, I think I'm going to try this, but it has to be with somebody I know really well. I'll be like, "Hey, I'm going out for coffee. Do you like? Would you like anything?" And they'd be like, "Yes, I'd like a." or a cafe mocha. I'm gonna get cho- I'm gonna get mocha grounds. Bring it back, and I'm also gonna have grounds for myself. Be like, cool. Let's make some coffee and see what their reaction is. I don't think you're gonna get the reaction that you're looking for. They're probably end up, like if you did this to Melissa, she would be like, oh, we're doing something together. You know what I mean? It's got to be the what right if, person. What if I did it with you? I would be like, you dumb. Why you gotta be so dumb all the time? <laughs> would you say that, or would you be like, oh, thanks, okay? I think I would hit you with a damn, you dumb. Which I'm saying, if you we have never talked about this specific thing, you would be like, if I was like, oh, here's your grounds. Here you go, man. You would say, dog. Or would you be like, thank you? I would be like, on what grounds do you base this on? All right. And on that note, what are <laughs> oh, you yeah, watching? Because mine was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what I, like that, this week? I like that it took that to get you to stop talking about it. <laughs> Look, folks. Sometimes we're not going to have the best show. That's all I'm saying. But you got <laughs> you have 71 other shows to listen Jeez to, plus weird. a few extras. Hey, y'all, if you guys do try this on somebody, because I probably won't have the guts to, but please, listeners, try this on someone and tell me what they do. I can actually hear them running out to do this right now, Steve. So you're going to get some oh, results back on this one. I'm pretty sure. For sure. So this week, Dan, what have you, my friend, with the broken knee or patella? I thought the patella was a collarbone. I'm tripping. What have you been watching? Okay, so I know that you have watched one of the things that I, I watched have. this week. Steve, you've been very busy. Uh, I don't want to like bring this out publicly on the show, but I'm going to bring it out publicly on the show. think I need a little more energy from you, buddy. Yeah, for sure. You know, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know if it's maybe this new romance <laughs> or if it's, uh, you know, your son uh, being a man now that's really throwing you. I'm not exactly is, sure where your mind is. moving in every day. More and more boxes are coming to my house. But in the words of Ike Turner, Steve, you better find yourself. You know what I'm saying? You best find yourself is all I'm saying. Okay. sure. We want good results on episode 73. Now, I will go ahead and proceed. So, I watched uh, the first episode of season two of Big Little Lies this morning. I could talk about that one real quick. Don't have a lot of notes on it or anything, but I'll go ahead and talk about it. I've heard good things. I heard good things and I saw good things. Hmm. First of all, let me just say that you should be watching Big Little Lies on HBO. I'm not going to get into any spoilers on this because it's it's season two, episode one. And on top of that, there's this big thing at the end that happens that if I really touch on that, it's going to kind of ruin season one for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing. So for the yeah. this is really for the people that have watched Big Little Lies season one. 
And again, it's just non-spoilery stuff. So I'm happy to report that episode one was really good. I think that the addition of Meryl Streep is, is, I mean, but really, when is that not a good thing, right? (laughs) Anytime you add Meryl Streep to something, it's going to be better. Let's talk about her for just a second. Who she plays in the show is the mother of someone that has a big part at the end of episode, excuse me, of season two. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> so that gives you nothing, folks. That haven't seen this. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. But uh, she plays this role fantastically, from what I've seen so far. Man, I don't know what it is about her. She can transform. She's like Tom. Well, you would disagree with me on Tom Hanks, but she is one of those actors that can really transform herself into something else completely. Where you you may see Meryl Streep in there, but she's gone completely. And she does this often, and that's why I think I love her so much. And she plays this very. Uh, no offense to the mother-in-laws out there, but a very mother-in-law, like all that passive aggressive stuff that you see in television shows and movies. She plays that fantastically. So anyway, we got Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Laura Dern, Shailene Woodley, and also who am I missing? Oh yes. And of course the lovely Zoe Kravitz. They're all basically dealing with, because, you know, they have to set things back up again. So they're all basically mm-hmm. dealing with the aftermath of what happened at the finale of season one. Yes. So some of them are doing a lot better than others. Some of them, mm-hmm. they're not middle class. They're upper middle class to upper class, I would say. And so they're all handling these things a lot differently. Some of them are just very much into their career and they're, they're ignoring certain things. Other ones are dealing with guilt. Uh, other ones are having nightmares about a certain situation that happened. And some of them have just shut down completely. I'm going to let you find out who they are. So far, so good, man. Like, I really like the way this is setting up. And they really haven't given us much of anything other than just a welcome back to Big Little Lies season two. Let's get busy. I think I'm going to be talking about this one more as the season goes on, because I do plan on watching every single episode as they come out. I know you're probably going to do the same thing, dude. So we'll talk about it in the future. But Big Little Lies, happy to report that it's good. I'm going to go ahead and rate this first episode 2.5 Red Velvet Cupcakes. That's what I'm going with. All right. You know, I I would like them to go into, because, like, I would say, how you were saying upper, I would say they are very, 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 very upper middle class. Because the average house in Monterey is like $780,000. That's true, but I'm thinking of Shailene Woodley's character. She shouldn't even be able to afford living. Like, how's that happening? You know, she's working at the aquarium in this. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's not even a real... Like, it is an impossibility. It's over. She, the way they're doing it, because I remember after watching that last season, I looked up housing price. I was like, three bedroom, two bath is like $800,000. I'm fairly convinced that she lives in Salinas and is on an inter-district transfer for her kid. Is that the, is that the, um, is that the idea you have in your brain? That's the outskirts of Monterey area right yes. there. I was going Watsonville. Outer, <laughs> maybe Watsonville? Dang, you really have dropped her down a tier, haven't you? I mean, it's still expensive. Dude, Watsonville's expensive. I don't know how she lives in the vicinity. So I'm just like, it doesn't make sense, but it's not supposed to. You're not supposed to be, like, because, you know, you see these movies where he's like, I'm a struggling student, and they have, like, a cobblestone house in New York City. You're like, that's not how that works. You know, suspension of disbelief. You have On to. a higher scale. You really have. But on this one, again, uh, like, any chance, and Zoe had me worried. Because I never thought she was the strongest actress. But she did a great job, dude, last season. This one, it, it's weird. It kind of 
like I said, it's focusing on everybody because it's the introduction back into yes. things. Mm-hmm. But she's heavily referenced in this one. There's, she's okay. going through something that I think we're going to see play out as we go. And also, she is sort of responsible for last season's finale. Which was a heck of a finale. Right? So good. I love that show. So if you're not watching Big Little Lies, you should be. That is a Heroes of Noise pick of the week. Hey, Steve, I'm having some trouble with my phone. Can you please give me a text? Okay. Just text me real quick. I want to make sure it's working. I know this is going somewhere. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's working fine, Steve. Thanks. I'm never texting you again. You know what's great is at twelve o'clock at night, twelve o'clock in the morning when you're doing multiple texts, and it sounds like a Scooby Doo lair in my house. Are you? Has, <laughs> so I created a real. <laughs> right. I don't even know if these are even popular anymore because I never do these things. But okay, go ahead, tell the. Listeners. I had this idea that we should have a Steve Hudson ringtone. Like your laugh is just do. I'm going to do it again. Hit me, hit me one more time, would you? Oh yes, I will. damn (laughs) who wouldn't want that i'm being dead serious about this right now folks would you want a steve hudson laugh ringtone i'm willing to bet steve that the majority of our listeners would want that the majority i think so i think okay okay Hey, listen, it's a big draw, man. People come for the Hudson laugh. And from the Dan guest appearances. No, I think it's the Hudson laugh. I really do. I'm that that go keeps them there. Like the Hudson laugh is like a, uh, a pit of tar. So they may come over, as you say, for me from other shows and things like that. But then they get stuck in the tar, Steve, and they stay because of the laugh. So maybe this will be something that we offer to our higher tier listeners when we do the Patreon thing. The patrons, if you will. I don't know. Would you guys be interested in this? Would you be interested in any other samples of the show? I don't think I'm a very sampleable kind of sampleable, sampleable kind of guy, but I know that Hudson is. So Steve, do I have permission to make ringtones for you? Please. Really? Seriously, Please. it's not you're not going to get like pissed off about this a week from now and be like, "Dude, don't do that." No. All right. No. Well, then I need to figure out how to get these to the people, but I'm just saying, playing around with it. I'm curious what you guys would think about this. So please hit us up. Okay, go heroes of noise podcast at gmail.com or of course a vmail, a vmail, voicemail. I mean, really, I was just trying to be a hipster when I said, you know, hit me with the vmail because I know you like that so much. Oh, for sure. I think, yeah. you know what, that that's probably an emailed. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to do that. It's too nasty. Go on. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, dude. Was the, <laughs> I know what you're talking about and I'm not going to go. <laughs> I will not do that. Not today. Vampire no. males, what you're getting at. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, of vampire males. Of yes. course, of course. Uh-huh. I think people would want this. That's just my guess. Maybe I'm wrong. Do me a favor. Twitter, I don't care where you do this, but just yes or no. You think it's a good idea or not? Thank you very much. Let's move along. I thought, here's what I will say. You are very, very, very good at setting things like this up. Like, I, when I text you and I heard that voice, I'm like, the first thing that he was like, oh, uh, was literally, wow, he was able to just do that that quick because you just talked about it last night. When I get a thought in my head, Steve, I just do it. I don't know. It's not always the best thing. I act on impulse a lot and that gets me in trouble. But I, in this case, I feel like this is a good thing. Now, I think there's going to be there's going to be like the crowd of people that go, yes, bring this and bring more of them. But I also think there's going to be a lot of people are like, do we even do text tones anymore? Is that even a thing? I don't well, know. 
here's the thing. You're very impulsive, but like they say, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. <laughs> I don't know if that would hold up in a court of law. No, but in in between, like when you're doing something that might be huge, well then, yeah. But if it fails, the per- other person would be like, why didn't you just ask before you did this? <laughs> I mean, the worst that can happen is that I don't release it at all. I don't even know how we're going to release it yet, but I think that this might be, wouldn't you think that'd be kind of cool? Like, you know, because pay, uh, Patreon, you have different tiers, you get different benefits for the amount of money that you pay for something like this. Why not throw that in as an added bonus? Here's the thing. We got to figure out what sound clip we're going to use for you then. I don't think I have one. I'm being really honest with you. I don't think that I, I don't think I'm quotable. Oh, you are though. Because it's just going to be something foul. If that's the case. No, you might, you might. Why don't we use the be good to yourselves, be good to each other. No one wants that. Oh, Dan. Why would you say if they want? Could the, you imagine hearing that every single time someone texted you? They'd be like, are you on some kind of self-help kick? Like, What's your problem? Okay. here. I think this is your a, department. Listen, dude, I just think this is your bag. I'm the brains. You're the brawn. You're also the brains. But in this case, you're the brawn. And I think that we could do something with this. I'm going to hoe you out, Hudson. <sighs> I'm just simply saying that you have a good quotables too. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that the laugh isn't good. I'm saying you're, you have quotables that you just, you're so used to hearing them that I would have to go through to fight. Cause I think be good to yourself, be good to each other is a really good breakdown. Mm. People yeah. need to hear that. I don't know. Maybe we could do a soundboard. Oh, you know what, dude? That would be kind of fun. That is really good. Cause then, because people don't know where, like you have the audience thing. Uh, what other sounds do you have? I don't know, but I'm no, I'm saying soundboard. It's even a better idea for me to have these ready to go for just like sound effects. But I'm thinking put a soundboard on the website and let people play around. We'll call oh, it the Hudsonator. What? Why is it? Okay, wait, 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 wait. And Dana, it has to be the, the Danathan or the Stevathan because you have to have your things too. Yeah, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I think I'm going to go with mine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it offline. Yeah, I think so. I think we have to work out the details on this one, but uh, I'm believing very firmly that there is going to be some type of a tone coming out soon, maybe a soundboard. I don't know. Guys, are you good at this kind of stuff? Is there anyone out there that's really good with websites and things? Do me a favor. Hit me up. You want to know what I got the other day? I got an email. It's an email from some guy that's like, hey, you know, I, I want to help you out with your website. And it looks like you have all these multiple, these multiple links that don't work and yada, yada, yada. This guy's full of crap. They all work. And this is how, this is how you introduce yourself to me. You, you insult our website. And then, you know what? Why am I even bothering? This dude's not listening. I think there are people out there that fish for these things. Oh, for, no, there's no question. For instance, like the people that, the people that wanted to, uh, and I know they're not listening either. The people that wanted us to sell their dragon eggs. Do you remember that? <laughs> When you sent me that email, I, I read the email <laughs> line by line and text you back and said, I don't know what I just read. I read that didn't make a damn bit of sense to me. But dragon eggs are a thing, turns out. Yeah, if you're into Game of Thrones, but that's gone now. I think that they're, they, were, they were trying to work off of Game of Thrones. And they probably saw that we put GOT in one of the titles or something like that. And they're just fishing for these things. And they're like, you know what? This would be the perfect outlet for that. No. And here's the best part about that. There was no sponsorship. There was no like, hey, if you do this, we'll, we'll, we'll kick you some money every time you, you do a spot for it. It was like, look, we want to help you help us is what they were trying to do. Here's the information. Now sell it for us and you get nothing in return. That's totally true. I totally not agree a good deal. with that. I think uh, as far as the like when we do 
Like your ideas are great. The soundboard is fantastic. But again, we have to do both of our voices if we're going to do this. All right. Well, then you're going to have to start pointing things out to me. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. I'm still thinking that you are the soundboard, Matt. Like, I think that that's where you should live. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be me. Can we find a a clip of you doing um, all your your impersonations? Sure. There are 72 episodes that you can comb through. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Now think about what you're asking me to do, Hudson. You're asking me to go back. And listen to all the episodes and then go, oh, this is where I think I was funny. And then, oh, never mind. You could just do it. Record yourself doing it. What am I doing? Oh, damn. No, no. there's something to be said about. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, no, don't try to make this a thing. It's not organic, dude. Doesn't matter. You could totally just do a fun little thing for one for a few of the buttons. You could do some freaking impersonations for our soundboard, Dan. Tell you what, I'm open to suggestions from the listeners. There However, I think That's that my idea is right on track. I don't think you even need to introduce me into this. This is completely Hudsonville right here. Right? That's your I, opinion. I you're not going to agree in my opinion, me. no, I'm not going to. Well, I was to. saying I right to the listeners because I know they're going to agree with me on this. Well, they're also going to agree with me on the coffee, the coffee grounds. Of course they are. And, and that's how, you know what? Heroes of Noise podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> You said wow. it so defiantly. You know what you else? Know? Yeah. Heroes of Noir Energy. I'm like, Jesus, yeah, dude. fuckers. <laughs> Dang. It did feel like I called them fuckers at the end, didn't it? Yes, it did. Sorry. It really I apologize. Did. I'm a little bit extreme. It's all of that Meryl Streep that I was watching. She got me a little bit angry. Wasn't she? Okay. Well, it was Meryl Streep that did the zombie thing, right? The zombie. Oh, no, no. You're thinking of Glenn Close. Oh, why? I wish that would have went. Anyway, anyway, anyway. He's referring to Sea Oak, a failed pilot at Amazon. Oh, gosh, dude. Anyway. I still don't know how the hell that didn't get green light. It doesn't make any sense to me. Glenn Close as a zombie. Like, we were in, dude. Was she a zombie or was it just like an undead kind of a thing? She was a zombie. Yeah, she was scary, too. Oh, well. It was very. But anyway, life goes on. I can't wait to it's see. It's in the like, past. Meryl Street. Here's the hard, the hard part for me is. I have the temptation of watching all these at once, waiting for them to build. But I have a feeling that now, because between the time the first season happened and now, spoiler culture is ridiculous. It's ridiculous now. I'd have to watch every week because people just have to spoil things. So I, there's no way this last season's final episode would have gone without spoiling today. People would have got online and just ruined it for people. So I'm going to have to watch it week to week. Who do you, and I, I put myself into this here, but who do you think are worse? People that don't want to hear spoilers, like myself, that are walking around going la 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 for their whole life, or the people that put out the spoilers? That don't want to, uh, the people that put out the spoilers are worse. Because the people that put out the spoilers are just speaking their feelings most of the time. Yes, you have the people that do it kind of like when the event, when Avengers Endgame came out, there were people that were saying, you know, I'm still like reluctant to do it, (laughs) but they're talking about Iron Man or whatever, you know, then, and there you go. And that was before that was like day two of the thing playing that's jacked up. But when people are just talking about something that they like and they might say something like, cause I've been guilty of this myself. Hey, did you happen to see cyborg on doom patrol? I did that to Brian. He didn't like that very much, (laughs) but 
you know, I didn't mean to do it. Whereas there are people that are maliciously doing it. So I don't know, because on the other side of things, there are the people that go, oh, man, I shouldn't. I didn't want to hear that to the people that are just like, la, 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 la. And they make a, an over they make it a bigger deal than it is. I would you know what much I mean? rather have the la, la, lars than the people that ruin things without thinking. I would rather you purposely ruin something than to just be totally oblivious and ruin things. I'm like, oh, I, well, don't even thanks. Want, I don't want thanks to for making me feel you. good. No, because then I'm like, oh, you don't even think about this. So if I have a conversation with you, you just might ruin stuff. Okay. Well, in my defense, he watches a lot of things. I thought he already seen it. He hadn't seen it yet. He can't watch everything, as yeah. you know. It's very uh-huh. hard to watch things. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? I It's very, look, let me tell you something. <laughs> when you got things happening, it's very hard to watch things, man. Very hard. I've been uh, busy. <laughs> All right, so we pause for just a moment. Folks, let me tell you something. I can't tell you anything. <laughs> I can't tell you anything. But let me see if I could put this into a way where it's you're, you're sort of seeing what I'm dealing with. This is the latest Hudsonism. Okay? So it would be like... <laughs> God, I want to talk about this. Guys, we are going to make this... Do the this, white chocolate. Do the white chocolate thing. It's we exactly are going that. to make a Patreon page very soon. And we are going to have some conversations that is that are only going to be available to the people that are, you know, to our patrons. And I'm telling you, if you don't get into this, you are going to be missing out on some of the best shit. Because the conversation I just had, I, I, I can't, oh, Stephen, <laughs> want to talk about it. No, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. It's this. I, there is stuff in the Babadook series that I was totally wrong about. I did a 180 and Dan can't gloat right now because we can't talk about it. But there are still some things in the Babadook series that you're standing firmly on, right? So, um, we got to talk about. (laughs) All right, guys, if I get my way, like Steve, I think we should record an episode this weekend and just start the Patreon page because (laughs) let me put it to you this way, folks. It's like if I said, hey, Steve, would you like some bubble gum that everyone likes? And he's like, nah, I don't play around with that bubble gum because the bubble gum will kill you. And I'm like, no, no, it's great. I mean, look, we're all enjoying it. Look, we're blowing bubbles and it's it's a lot of fun. And he's like, nah, no, thank you. I will never chew your shitty gum. I'm like, no, no, you got to understand. Like, I'm trying to tell you there are benefits to chewing this gum that you don't that you're not thinking about. Look, homie. I don't even blow bubbles, all right? I just chew regular gum. I don't blow bubbles. Unless he asks very nicely. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) And then suddenly, I get a phone call, and he's like, gee, I just blew bubbles. (laughs) And I'm like, excuse me, come again? He's like, I have just taken bubble gum into my life and I've embraced it. And guess what? I'm a very good gum chewer. I can blow bubbles and everything like that. I'm going to tell everyone in the world how much they should be blowing bubbles. And I'm just like, Steve, I know I, I, I told you this already. This is not doing justice to the conversation that we just had, ladies and gentlemen, but what I am yeah, trying to tell you. We can't talk about it. So hypothetically, Dan may be right. Maybe. Dan never right. gonna. Who knows? I don't think that I'm always right, but damn, I'm right a lot on this show. And I'm telling you, I'm right. And here, but here's the thing. I didn't I didn't say that I've done any stuff. I'm simply saying perhaps I had spoken soon sooner than I had previously thought wise. It took you 41 years to figure this yeah. out? 
Um, there's even more information that I've been uh, given about that. <laughs> People have called in. It was like, I'm sorry. Who are you talking about? Because it's not Steve. <laughs> you are something else, man. I mean. <laughs> we can't wait. Oh, it's going to be a good Patreon one, G. It, it's settled. Okay. We're going to get back to what we were watching and everything, but it's settled. If you have the time, I am free to record this weekend and we will put the first Patreon episode up. Okie dokie. Man, you got to hear this shit. And you know what? I promised you that I'll be saying a lot of stuff that I would not, not normally say on the show as well. So I think this will be a kind of a fun experiment. Maybe this is where our pregames are going to start going again. Or I don't know if we're going to have to call it something different. But I'm a little excited about this. I'm super pumped. I don't like the gloating that might happen, but I'm super pumped. The gloating? The told you so's. Oh, you think I'm going to do that to you? Oh, I know you will. You're absolutely 100% right. I'm going to do that <laughs> Good God, Hudson. I don't know what to do with you, man. I know, man. Bubblegum. You're going to learn about bubblegum this weekend, oh, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to learn. <laughs> Someone's learning. All right. So let's move along. But who is learning? Who's the teacher? Never mind. We'll, go, we'll, we'll get into this later. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I watched The Chef Show on Netflix with John Favreau. If you have not seen the movie Chef, I know I've mentioned this before. This is another Heroes of Noise pick right here. You have to watch this movie. It is fantastic. It is one of my favorite all-time movies, period. Love this movie. Watch it every single time it's on. Stars John Favreau as a professional chef that decides to change up his career and go the way of a food truck. It's got John Leguizamo. It's got even little Robert Downey Jr. in it for a very small point in time. And then what's her name? The one that talked like this on that show? What's her name? Vergara. Sophia oh, Vergara. Sophia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's talking like this. Anyway, she's in the show too. So it's really, really good, guys. So so good, in fact, that now he has the chef show and it's themed like the movie. And it stars John Favreau, of course, with Chef Roy Choi, who's the owner of the Kogi food truck business. Yes. I don't know if you know this or not, but he was the one that trained John Favreau to do all the chef stuff in the movie. Mm -hmm. So they got very close under the training. What I like about this is now it's like, it's, it's like a continuation of John Favreau's education. He's gotten very good at cooking since then, but it's kind of cool to watch him do these things. They'll, he'll do a, a, a dish and maybe Chef will do a dish. Chef Roy Choi will do a dish. And then it's, I like watching him like correct him. Or he'll be like, you know, he's, his confidence still isn't there. I think he's, you know how like when you think you're good at something until someone's better at it and then your confidence goes down a little bit, you start asking questions, see a lot of that. But what's really cool about this man is that he's got a lot of celebrities on this one here. The first episode, though, is completely dedicated to the food that was served in Chef. Okay. So you have the Cubano sandwiches, uh, grilled cheese, some of the other things that are featured in that. But it's just a really interesting watch. And then you start getting into celebrities. So in episode two, they're in Atlanta and they have some of the cast of Avengers Endgame there. Kevin Feige's there. You got the Russo brothers, Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr. And they're all sitting around. There's an episode with Robert Rodriguez. They're at his house and they're just cooking pizzas. And it's just cool to watch them hang out. I, I like seeing like who's into food. I love, I, I wish that I could be a little bit better at it and be kind of a foodie or a, someone that's like really good at cooking. So these shows really kind of inspire me. And then another episode, which was one of my favorite, is uh, David Chang from Ugly Delicious shows yeah. up and they're making fried rice. Some of it's veggie fried rice. Some of it is uh, with uh, cauliflower rice and all that. And then it's a lot of it is like the Korean foods that Chef. Roy and David Chang make that was the stuff that their parents used to make that may not be so fantastic to us, but it's something that's dear to them. My favorite episode though, Steve is when they make brisket and they talk to Aaron Franklin. Do you know who that is? I do not. I didn't think you would be in the vegetarian. Well, he is yeah. like the brisket master <laughs> okay. of Texas world famous. And you've probably seen this guy before if you've watched any cooking shows, but 
because I'm always trying to perfect that brisket thing, which I have not quite done yet, um, I was really into this one here. But if you like food shows and you like John Favreau and you like the movie Chef especially, watch this. I found it highly entertaining. And I know what you're, I, I, I'm having my brain what you're going to rate it, like used to rate it, but I might be wrong. So let's see. Well, you think I'm going to go with briskets? I totally did. Nah, nah, that's too easy. No, you were, and All then right. you changed it because I guessed it. That's what I think. No, I wasn't. Yes, I wasn't were. going with We'll never know. Man. We'll what? never know now. <laughs> God, see, really I shouldn't won't. even have said that, John. I should have just wrote it down. And then you could have been all like, oh, I was right about that, huh? I got this dude. Yes. Read him, read him like a book. No, no, you probably thought brisket, huh? Yeah, I wasn't going to say brisket. How <laughs> come like turn to New York when you do <laughs> Hey, you probably thought brisket, huh? Because why would you think I thought that? Because I think like you. Uh, because you were going to think that and then you stopped. No, I just, I just, you just locked on to the one food I oh, really talked about. Man, you're the worst. God, I was going to say briskets, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I'm not going <laughs> to say briskets. You don't get mad because I called you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Steve, what do you think I'm going to rate this? I think you're going to say four briskets. How wrong you are, sir. Oh, it would never come out of my mouth that way. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and rate Chef Show. I'm going to go ahead and give this one 3.5 out of 5 bowls of kimchi fried rice. 3.5, huh? Not 4? You um, really like this show. I really do like the show. But I'm trying to be less generous with my ah, ratings because smart. we only have 5 to go you're off smart. of. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And every time I go too high, you're like, so you're saying that this totally one true. is a perfect movie. Because it's only one point from like a Breaking Bad. And you'd be like, exactly. no, I'm not saying that. But this is a food show. I can tell you that this show and Ugly Delicious are my favorite cooking shows on Netflix. So it's very, very good. For a food show, maybe a four. In general, I'm going 3.5. Now, would you? are you putting this over Ugly Delicious? Because I loved Ugly Delicious, dude. Well, you know what I liked about that one is that I wasn't really familiar with David Chang at the time. So he kind of won me over. This one has people that I'm very well familiar with. Uh. And then they bring David Chang in. So it's kind of like an all-star thing going yeah. on. Yeah, and also David Chang taught, or like he taught me so much about the culture around other foods and how culture was being taken away in different ways. And so I was like, wow, right. I had no, literally. I was like, I thought this was just going to be a cooking show. I didn't know we'd be like, let's school you now. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's heavy. It's it very heavy, heavy on the culture. Especially for the title. It's just ugly delicious. You're like, okay, cool. And you start it and you're like, oh, I'm learning things. <laughs> And now I know why they call it Ugly Delicious. Exactly. They have a little, they have an Ugly Delicious moment on that episode. It's, and I love, dude, when you told me to watch that show, I was all over it. Then I think you're going to like this one a lot. Okay. Man. I mean, plus it's got Johnny Fabs. How wrong can Your you Your really friend. Go? Yes. It's my buddy. Yeah. I don't like to bring those things up, but yes, my buddy, Johnny Fabs. You know, you guys are just chilling on the pier together. I've got the pick to prove it. It's all yeah, I'm saying. He was saying. like, hey, John. He was like, is that you, Danathan? He's like. Dan Ramirez. Here's another. I'm like, that's me. Like, I don't like to really. Long time no like, see. How's the fam? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really like to like say it out loud, John. So just be quiet. I'm trying to have a good family day here. And he was. That's cool. He was like, I guess you telling me about Iron Man was a good thing, right? And Danathan was like, yeah, no big deal. I knew you weren't paying attention to that sort of character. And it kind of worked out for him. Yeah. Well, at first, really, he was like, we're doing this, this movie called... Uh, Cowboys and Aliens. I'm like, that sounds good. That's that's fine, John. But let me go ahead and hip you to something that might be a little more. I think you need to work on this whole Marvel thing a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Put some more energy into that and see what happens. He's like, I don't know. I'm thinking about getting out. I said, look, it's me. 
I'm your boy, right? He's like, well, of course. I said, all right, trust me on this, John. And I'm happy to say, you know, we have Endgame now. and Not saying it's all you. I don't like to take the credit. I know, but it might be a lot you, Jay. You were one of the people he thanked at the end of the, um, at, with, with all those things running down on Captain Marvel. Your name was one of those. This is very true. If people could catch it. And I think that I have a lot of allegiance to the show because, and I get it, you know, they had a time thing and there are just bigger celebrities on there. However, I did make an appearance on the show, but unfortunately it's on the cutting room. Floor. Oh no. Well, I mean, yeah. as people know, when it said on Captain Marvel, thank you, Fresno, California, they didn't want to make it weird and put our name in it. I mean, who are we, right? We're not those kind of people. No, I was like, eh. and I said, don't put, I, I'm sure Dan's not going to want his name up there. Can you just put Fresno, California? You know, and they did. I was like, wow, that, that was easy. Well, when people think Fresno, California, they, Steve, think, they, they think Heroes of yeah, Noise. for sure. They Actually, they think Danith and the Manathan. Then now you're getting carried away. A little bit of exaggeration going on on your part. I'm just simply saying. So, yeah, your friend Johnny Fabs, have you, are you, did you get a set visit for this show or no? Well, I was on the set. Holy Again, I, I, it, it, but I mean, I could say that about any show that I've been cut out of, but yes, I was in fact on the oh, set. wow. Of the chef show. And that's all right. I, I don't take it personally. I got paid. So it's fine. As you do. Okay. Well, they paid me in kimchi fried rice. There it is. But it was very delicious. 3.5 bowls. It was bowls. ugly delicious, in fact. That's right. I gave it 3.5 <laughs> bowls. Not brisket, like, like what you were thinking. I mean, you were thinking brisket, but I'm going to leave that alone. So that- Is there anybody still out there listening? I imagine there's a couple of you. Let's continue. What else you been watching, my brother? We were supposed to watch this together, Steve, but I understand you're a busy man. So I waited a week. And I'm going to briefly talk about Good Omens on Amazon Prime. So Good Omens is based on a novel of the same name by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. The show that's on Amazon Prime stars David Tennant as Crowley, uh, Michael Sheen as Aziraphale, it's got Francis McDormand as the voice of God, John Hamm as Gabriel, and many others, tells the tale of an angel and a demon who have lived out their time on Earth and have become accustomed to it. Just so happens that the introduction of the Antichrist is their duty and so is Armageddon. Like It's up to them to make sure that this all goes off without a hitch. But being that these two have been on Earth for so long, they've become very accustomed to Earth's ways, and maybe they don't want to see that happen so soon. So they spend the series trying to prevent this from happening. It's very funny. It's very witty. And there's something about the music in this one. And I, I mean this in a good way, but it's tr- it's really true. The music in this is so relaxing. I have to like slap myself in the face every once in a while to wake up. Have you ever been in a movie like that where the or a television show where the, the music is so soothing, it's almost putting you out, but you're not bored by the show? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, music tames a savage beast from what I hear. And uh, it was taming this beast. So it did take me a little bit of extra effort to get through this, but it has nothing to do with the story. It's just so goddamn relaxing, and I can't explain it any better than that. But it's really, really funny. And I have to say... Steve, now, are you still a fan of Doctor Who? I know you went through a thing, um, and then you sort of just, just dropped off completely. I watched a lot of episodes, and then I was like, that's good, and I just never went back, but I have nothing but fond memories of David Tennant. Well, I would like to submit my entry as the um, the 14th Doctor. I'm going for Michael Sheen. He has a look. If you The way he's dressed as Aziraphale in most of the scenes is very reminiscent of an older Doctor, like maybe, uh, I don't know, third, fourth Doctor, perhaps. But I think that he could totally pull this off. It's not to say that, uh, what's her name, Jodie Whittaker, I think, is going to go away anytime soon. But if they do need another one, I think they should look into Michael Sheen. Uh, they both do fantastic in this. David Tennant, is he's, he's over the top in the best way possible, even to the point of this weird swagger that he has when he walks. But 
it's just so full of wit and it's got a lot of biblical references. It's got, I mean, it's got a ton of biblical refer- references because we're talking about Armageddon. But the way that it all plays out, it's just brilliant. It runs by really quickly. There are only six episodes, I believe, in this, and I hi- and they're all about an hour long. Highly recommend you guys watch this. So I'm going to leave it at that, Steve, because I know I wanted to talk about this one, but I want you to watch it first before we go into it. So I'm going to go ahead and rate this one. I'm going to go ahead and give it 3.5 out of five flaming swords. Good deal. That's my rating. Perfect. Perfect. What else you been watching, my friend? Well, before we get to the main event, which I think you might be surprised what the main event actually is, uh, I'm going to talk about something that I watched that I know some of you have watched out there. Some of you are saying this is incredibly heavy. And guess what? You're absolutely right. What I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is when they see us on Netflix. I have only seen the first two episodes. There's four of them. And it is a bit of a task to watch. I, I, I actually planned on watching it last week. And... I just couldn't bring myself to do it, man. Like I kept, <laughs> I kept getting ready to hit play and I'm like, God, this just looks so heavy. So I kept putting it off and putting it off, but I wanted to talk about it. And I did catch the last two episodes, or excuse me, the first two episodes last night. When They See Us chronicles the true story of the notorious case of the five black teenagers who were convicted of rape that they did not commit. They were also known as the Central Park Five. This happened back in 1989. If you're not familiar with the story, what happened was there were a group of individuals Uh, More than five, actually. I think they were in the neighborhood of 30 or so that just happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And here's the deal with this is that there was they were causing trouble to a certain degree. They were in Central Park. It was around 9 p.m. that night. I think it was April 19th, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that date. But they were with a large group of individuals that were harassing people in the park, uh, picking on them. You know, a couple people did get beat up or whatever. But at the same time that this is going on, Across the park, nowhere near where they were, a rape was committed of a, a jogger who was beaten near death. She, she was clubbed in the head with a pipe. She was raped severely, and her memory is completely wiped. She was able to talk about it a little bit later, but her memory's pretty much gone. And it's a sickening display of police power and the courts. I took it that they really wanted to have a open shut situation with this. They needed, they wanted it because it was a white victim. They they wanted to end this quickly. So they actually went out into the park and in surrounding areas and they just rounded up the people that they could get. One kid, in fact, wasn't even a suspect. And he was just going to go with his friend because he was his buddies. Like they were getting taken downtown. He's like, well, I'm going to go with you because you're my buddy. Insane, dude. And it was the worst mistake that this poor kid could make. These kids were wrongly accused of rape. Five of them. Three of them were tried in one trial, two of them in a separate trial. You know, they were all deemed guilty and they spent between six and 14 years in prison because of this. Yeah, it's fucking terrible, dude. Only to find out, Steve, that all these years later, I believe it was 2002. Oh, here's the other thing before I say that. So they had DNA. They found semen in a sock and they could not match that DNA up with any of the of the suspects. Yep. That's the thing. Felicity Huffman plays this uh, prosecutor. Isn't it Linda Fairstrand? And thank you very much. I was going to pull up the name right now. Yeah. And who is not real happy with, obviously. He is the worst, dude. Now, I know that a lot of this was taken from the, you know, the, the uh, stories that from the suspects and from witnesses and things like that. And I'm willing to be fair in the fact that I'm sure there is some form of bias in this. Not bad, just it, it's got to go. It's always, there's always going to be bias one way or the other. You yes. know what I mean? If this was coming from the prosecuting team, there would be bias yes. there. But I do not think 
that the facts at hand are biased. Like, I mean, they rounded up these kids between the ages of 14 and 16, separated them. Yeah, separated them for hours and hours from their friends, from their family, and they just worked on them. They coerced them into giving a confession on the false pretenses that if they signed a confession, they would be let go because they were... They were going to be more of a witness than a suspect. Yes. That's what they were yes. told. And this was not the case at all. No. So they basically railroaded these poor kids into, admittedly, shouldn't have been where they were, but it's not, doesn't matter because they're, they're, they're being falsely accused of rape and it's been proven. Now in 2002, the actual rapist came forward and admitted this. They had, they had DNA evidence. It was hardcore yes. evidence and they did label him as in fact, the rapist. And then on top of that, they let the five kids or now who are now adults, let them go. Not all of them were still in prison, but they uh, they did let them go. And now they're in the middle of this huge lawsuit. I think that they won. I want to say it was in the neighborhood of like forty five, forty six million combined from the state of from the uh, city of New York. And they're still seeking more. And I think that they should. I think they're seeking like an extra fifty two million or something like that. But no amount of money is ever going to bring back that. Because when you go to prison for rape, you don't exactly get treated wonderfully. Can you imagine what kind of quality of life was lost over that time? Dude. I mean, like you're saying, rapists aren't exactly like the most popular people in prison. Or maybe they are. Here's the thing. Here's the weird thing. Imagine Ben at 15 years old being taken away to prison. As a father, what would you, I mean, like, what is your going through your mind? Oh, it's a nightmare. It's one of the worst things that could possibly happen. Because he's a child. You knew, remember Ben at 15? He's a child. And he's going to prison. You would lose your mind. This has been proven that these kids were innocent. Yes. But there is the flip side of people that, ha- like, for instance, Jeffrey Dahmer's parents maybe be like, oh, he was a sweet kid. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? There is going to be some parental bias. But I think most of the time parents realize, like, they know their yeah. kids. I know my son. He's a sweet kid. I, I would be completely flabbergasted if this happened. Like, I, I wouldn't even know what to say. Like, but I, the only thing that I would be able to say is, no, this can't no. be him. It can't be him. And then you'd be thinking, I know his actions. Every single step of the way, you'd be like, oh, this is where it all gets, oh, this is where it all gets to, oh, every day you're thinking this is the day in court where everything falls into place. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to bring my son home today. Bingo. Until the day they're like, you've been, then there's like guilty. You're like, wait, 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 what does that mean? What does guilty mean exactly? What are we talking about right now? And yeah, I would never, if I was a parent of that child, even now though, I would never have faith in the justice system. Anytime you know, that's why lawyers tell you that, like, I don't care if they're knocking on your door being like, hey, a murder happened in Phoenix, Arizona, and you were here working. We just want to talk to you about it. They're like, say absolutely nothing. Do not say a word until a lawyer gets there. I don't care if it happened in Switzerland. Say nothing. Never waive your right to an attorney. Exactly. Even if you're like, oh, they just want to, it's impossible that I did that. So I'll just tell them everything I know. They're like, never, ever, ever say anything. Ever. I'm like, yeah, now you, it's, it, there's a reason lawyers tell you that. There's a reason. Yeah. Well, they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they're like, they've, they've done it once or twice. Things that you think are totally innocent, a random thing you said. Oh, I had to go home and get my badge. Then I went back to work. 
Oh, okay. So you weren't at work the whole time. No, I, I left my badge at home. But anyway. So you abandoned your post. Bingo. And then I was like, well, you could have murdered that person because you left to get your. And you're like, oh, no, I was just telling you that to tell you the full story. Just say nothing. And it sucks because even if they would have said nothing, who knows what would have happened, dude? Who knows? Could have still gone to prison. It doesn't matter. They had it in their head that these kids were the. And don't get me on Trump in this whole story. Oh, yeah. I was going to go there, too. I mean, he, he's been horrible. He was, he's always been horrible. Like the people that are just always. finding out that Donald Trump is a terrible person. Sorry if it's, if it's going to, uh, you better just stop listening. If this is like, you're not your political Dude. view, but he's always been a piece of shit. Always. And he, he took out an $85,000 ad full page Dude. ad. And then was it the New York times? I believe it was the New York times. That was calling to bring back the death penalty for these kids. He was saying things Dude. like, I, you know, they say not to hate. He's like, I want to hate these kids. So he's he's just adding fuel to the fire with, with I mean, it was Donald Trump. It wasn't even President Trump back then. He's just nope. speaking out nope. of his ass like he always did. It's just, that's why I can't, do. Dan, I'm going to try to watch it. I promise I will. I think everyone should watch this. You know what I mean? I think this is de- this definitely gives... People that are sort of uh, wearing rose-colored glasses all the time, it gives them some insight. Yes, this is a fictitious recollection of what happened, but it is heartbreaking. I've only seen the first two episodes, but watching those kids go through the interrogation, watching them talk to each other. They didn't even know each other. That's the thing. These kids all met in a a jail cell. Like they're saying- I thought they were friends before him. No. Like there's this kid named Corey. I'm just using him for an example. It was uh, one of, he was one of the kids. And they're throwing every name at this kid of people he doesn't know. They'd be like, so so what you're saying is Kevin was the one that did this here. Where were you when Kevin was doing this? He's like, what? Who, who's Kevin? And where was Antron when you were doing this? <laughs> who's Antron? And then so they so they forced them to confess to being a witness to this rape. They're incriminating the other kids. They're just lying on him. But they're doing this to every one of them. So when they finally meet back up in this holding cell, they're like introducing themselves to each other. And he's like, oh, he's oh, like, so yeah, oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah. Antron? Yeah. And one of them's like, yeah, I lied on you, man. I'm really, really sorry. And then Antron's like, well, I'm sorry because I lied on you too. They all become close, obviously, because they have, you know, a lot in common in this particular case. And they, mind you, they're young and don't think anything's going to, you know, okay, we're going to be let Yeah, they're seeing it from very young eyes. Yes, 15, 16 years old. You don't think this really happens. But there's a part where... They're sort of forced to lie. Like they have this story that they're going with, right? These coerced confessions that were taped. And yeah. what they're doing is they're going to use those confessions to get them a lesser deal or a, a better deal. So that way they'll do less yeah. time. So they're still going to do time, but maybe they won't get the death penalty or or get life in prison or whatever. These kids had so much pride that they're like, no, we're not going to lie about this. Why are we going to admit to something that we didn't do? They would rather have the judicial system help them out, which of course was not the case. To the point where the uh, police department, I guess there was some some sort of procedure that they needed to do where they literally spin a wheel to keep it fair and to give you know certain cases to certain judges. They didn't even spin the wheel to decide. They gave it to a guy named Judge Galligan, who was known for putting people away in Rikers. They called Rikers Island Galligan's Island. Slam dunk for the prosecutor. So these people never got the fairness that they deserved on this, and they consequently spent 
quite a long time in jail, man. So I'm at the point now where it just showed like the rest, the kids are now done. The kid actors are now done. And now we're about to go into the adult version after they're coming out of prison and whatnot. I cannot wait to continue this, man, because it's such a, I mean, it's a heartbreaking story, but it is so worth a watch. Uh, this is definitely one of the best things that I've seen in, in a long time. Ava DuVernay, who directs this, just knocks it out of the freaking park, man. Like, I think the last thing that I saw her do was A Wrinkle in Time, and I was not impressed by that whatsoever. This definitely makes up for it. Not that she needs my acceptance here, but this makes up for it. This is an incredible watch. Everyone should watch this. Make your kids watch this. It's very important, seriously. So I'm going to go ahead and rate this one, dude. I am going to give When They See Us a 4.5 out of 5. I feel that this is one of the most important things that young people should be watching right now. And just to see like the, the ugly side of things. And it's like an ugly side of history that you're really not going to find in the books. And it's really, it's so good that Ava, um, like Joshua Jackson has a bunch of quotes where he's like, this opened my eyes. Oh, he's great in it, by the way. To how, oh, I heard he was fantastic. He's just like, dude, the oppression, he said something about the oppression of black skin. He's like, I'm seeing that now. He said, I'm seeing how in my 20s now, I went from being a, you know, oh, when I was, I was a young rapscallion, you know that word. (laughs) Uh, he's like now i could just he's like i could walk by a cop wink at him and keep on walking he's like i thought that was a thing people can do he's like but i'm realizing oh i have a very different experience with police then and i was like for for someone on a set for all these people together to not just be acting but them learning from the kids to the actors being like this was a gross story like, they all on set are like, this is insane. The further you get, it's insane. And I heard that Ava pulls amazing performances out of these kids. Amazing. So I was like, yeah, she's a force, dude. Ava is a force. And Netflix, hey, props to Netflix. Because look, even though we're saying, oh, it's great that it's being shown, Netflix really did just give her the free reins to tell this story. That's a heck of a thing, dude. So props to not only Abe and all of them, but props for Netflix to be like, tell the story. It's so well done, man. She did pull performances out of these kids that are unbelievable. Give them props. Asante Black, who plays young Kevin Richardson. Khalil Harris, who plays Anton McRae. Uh, Ethan Harris, who plays Yusef Salam. Jarrell Jerome, who plays Corey Wise, who is fantastic in this. He's a... That's, he's the outbreak. People are saying that he's the... Um, the star coming out. Right. And I think that that actually might be the adult actor though. That's playing Corey. Oh, but yeah, man, I, I, it's, it's incredible. I honestly, I, again, I'll say it again. Watch this with your family. This is something that happened and you need to inform yourself about this. We live in ugly times. America is not yes. what it used to be. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. Yes. And I will, you know what? After listening to this, I'm going to watch. Dude, check it. Honestly. But I have a list because I'm going to watch this. But first, I'm going to watch Good Omen, Big Little Lies, and this. I would watch this first. Like, if you said, what should I watch? That's what I'm going to tell you to watch first. Done deal. I will watch that first. And um, for sure. Just watch it, folks. This one's serious. I don't even want to be jokey about it. Watch this one. It's amazing. So, this next movie that we're going to be talking about, Dan. Didn't really twist my arm on it. It wasn't an arm twist, but it was one of the texts that were like, I need you to do this. And ever so often, Dan has a tone on his text. You, you say that from time to time. You do. You have a tone on your text. You're like, look, man, 
this is something I really need you to do. I'm like, okay. So I love music documentaries. I love them. As do I. Fantastic. You know that it's my thing. However, there are a few that I'm just like, when I see it, I'm like, oh, I probably wouldn't watch that. And one of the list of people that I probably wouldn't watch is the Jonas Brothers. And it would not even be something that I would have been like, oh, let me do this. But Dan said, listen, could you do me a favor and watch Jonas Brothers Chasing Happiness documentary? I said, Dan, I will do this. So I sit down yesterday and I start pushing play. And my son takes his earbuds out about five minutes in and said, are you watching the Jonas Brothers? (laughs) (laughs) With good reason. I can see why he would ask that question. I said, yeah. And I think this is going a certain direction. And he said, hey, remember that song I let you hear? I was like, yeah. He's like, that was them. I was like, oh, okay. Hold on, real quick. When did did you hear this song? It was a song from later on when uh, they split and they went to their eat, eat, doing their eat, their solo things. Maj let me hear a solo song from both of the other members that did solo albums. Okay. And so I was, I was like, oh, okay, I know those members. So I was like, uh, Maj, how big were the Jonas Brothers? While it was, you know, the credits were rolling for the beginning. He's like, I was a little young because I was a kid when they were huge. He's like, but dad, they were, they were humongous. And I was like, okay. So I started watching the documentary. And right off the bat, I, here's, what, here's the funny thing that happened. I started rehearsing what I was going to say today. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. I said, Literally 15 minutes has gone by. And I'm like, you know, Dan, it wasn't for me. It's just not my thing. It's okay that you liked it. I just don't dig it. And all of a sudden, (laughs) things start happening. And I'm like, wait a minute now. Hold on. And you start seeing how unbelievably talented Nick Jonas is. From a young age. So then in my brain, I said, oh, this is going to be like a Michael Jackson thing where he's the star of the show, obviously, because he's the most talented. And then they said, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, wait a minute. What is happening right now? And the weird thing that I loved about this movie, I'm not because I don't want to ruin it. I could just keep on going, but I'm not going to ruin it. I really want y'all to watch this, especially if you're a musician, especially if you just are like people that are really good at certain things. What I love is, A, they do it the right way. This wasn't an American Idol thing. This wasn't a YouTube thing. This wasn't a Justin Bieber got popular doing. They literally did the old school going to the mall. Doing it at little fairs, yep. doing it at little get-together, every day, driving back and forth, doing these little town town hall situations or or um, cafeteria get-togethers. They did it the hardcore, rough way, then got knocked back down to size after everything went wonderfully. They're like, oh, by the way, now it's restart. Got to do it all over again. They did it the correct way, right? Totally. B, B the next thing I love about it is... They react to their popularity the way a person is supposed to react to their popularity. Thank you. I'm so glad that you brought that up, dude, because was it not the best thing ever watching, particularly when they start to skyrocket, 
the yes, when they're, they're shows like, them pulling into crowds and whatnot, the excitement yes. and astonishment on their face that all those people are there for them. This was not staged. That's what I loved. Yes, it was. They were literally like, hey, uh, they're like, they go, because here's what happened. It was a Duran Duran thing. A video starts playing. They go off to shoot a movie. So they're away from the world. But this video is circulating. Unbeknownst to them. And they get a call be like, hey, we want you to have you have the fair. It's like, cool. Because in their Jonas Brothers head, they're like, oh, we've done malls. We've done fairs. We've done this thing. And they see a crowd and they're like, I wonder who that crowd's for. <laughs> like somebody must be huge here, right? Yeah. Who are we opening for? Exactly. And then they're like, oh, my gosh. I think that's us. And here's what's dope. People that are being going into music, I want to let you know something. The reason they get up there and they performed wonderfully, they had the mics out there trying to make the people sing. The reason they were able to do that is because of the hours they put in performing for no one. That's why that huge crowd didn't shock them. Right. They were like excited, but since they put so many years on the road, they were ready to rock and roll. Whereas if they would have been an American Idol players, they would have been like, what do I do in front of all these people? There's so many people, but they had, it's muscle memory for them now. That's why it was so important for them to be able to um, do all those years on the road. You know what I'm saying? So they get on and it just starts skyrocketing. And there's a very important clip where um, they're up in a hotel room. They're like, hey, we always go buy our first album on the day it drops. That's what we do. First day it was 20 people. Next day it was, or first day 10, next day 20, next time 50. And someone calls them and says, it is pandemonium. And they're like, oh yeah, they already said it's pandemonium. But in their young brains, they don't know what pandemonium is. There must be like 50 people there. Exactly. There must be like maybe 300. And when they start driving, the excitement that they are showing infected me. I said, kids, you deserve it. Soak it up. Yeah, man. It hit the mark, right? You earned this. Like, I didn't want them to be like, oh, you know. For me, I was like, no, 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 no. All those hours you put in, are now paying off. Your work is happening. And then I loved it when he's, here's, this is why I love this documentary is every person they talk to, they're like, yeah, it's like you're watching this happen the way in your brain it happens, but actually experiencing it happening is very weird. I'm like, dude, finally someone says it. (laughs) Like, this is all very strange, right? This is crazy because it's happening how we imagined it's happening. But now that it's happening, you're like, whoa, this is like huge. And then from then on, it's just skyrocketing. And it was so great seeing how everyone is, you know, uh, hey, you know, it's they said one time on the plane, they're like, we're playing our new album while we're watching the release of our old album while we're looking at our stadium show get sold out. And Nick Jonas is like, it's just, it wasn't real. It just didn't seem real. And he even looks back. He says, looking back, I should have enjoyed it more. And I'm like, this is a real documentary. Yeah, man. It's not like they didn't make mistakes or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's the It's the ultimate success story. But even in times that were like, you know, times of woe, they handled themselves so properly and they were able to yes. bounce back again. You take... They are these kids that come from this Christian family raised by raised in the church. Father's a minister, and they have to live this life. 
like sort of in secrecy, if you will. They were these talented kids that that had a true talent. Like and you that's said, a real thing. Right. Like that's Nick Jonas thing. was the first one to spring up. He was the youngest yes. one at the yeah. time. And he just had this amazing voice. He goes on Broadway. Just in chance of having a con- his mom having a conversation with some other kid's mom. Ends up on Broadway doing Les Mis. I believe it was Les Mis. And then, you know, being competitive, you get Joe Jonas, the middle guy that wants to do this too. So his parents put him and now he's on off Broadway. And they're driving to rehearse. Back and forth. To perform. I, I was just like, dog, I would lose my freaking mind doing that. And especially in the Christian church. If someone is in our church and they do a secular, like even if they did like a secular song, the whole church is going to know about it. Right. So when he said my dad's a pastor, immediately I was like, oh boy, this is going to get funky. And they weren't doing nasty songs. No, but doesn't they matter. were just playing doesn't secular matter. music. That's the thing. Yep. That's it. Yeah, but the thing was, it's that all that matters. Their, their success story just happened to be to the point where they got so big at a certain point that it got discovered. And suddenly they became yes. the pariahs of the church. And sad, totally. you know, they, they're they're at a point like you'd mentioned, Steve, where they're they're starting to really be set into their career, and they're they're semi successful for the most part. Gets completely knocked back. Label drops them out of the blue. Sony just drops them, and then the dad loses the job as the as the uh, pastor because the church is now against them, and they end up going from this beautiful house that's right next to the church to moving into this other part of town. They're sharing a bedroom. They're sharing two bedrooms. A family of five is sharing two bedrooms, and they're they're just living a harder life now. And these and they're still doing right. It. Still doing. Well, that's it. the cool thing about it is that the kids were like, you know, they could have just stopped. Oh well, I guess things no. aren't going to be. I guess our hands not going to be held anymore. We got to live life normally. No, they decided to go to work and take care of their family. They were so close. It's that's crazy. the incredible thing about this family is how close they actually were. The support that they got from their parents is incredible. Mm-hmm. And they, like you said, they started their success story all over again. And I really like the way that this is actually played out at the beginning, too, because we see, you know, eventually they did break up and they went to go do their solo careers and whatnot. So this is six years after like they've they've never really been in the same room again in six years. So they start off at the beginning of it in Australia, because, you know, when you're a Jonas brother, you can have a house in Australia and they're on the beach and they're just they just start reflecting about what happened and and how it's a weird thing for them all to be in the same room again. And that's when they start telling this tale and they work it all the way from the beginning to the very end. Yes. One of the better music documentaries that I've seen, I'm a huge sucker for music docs. It really doesn't matter the style of music. I mean, I watched, I've watched one on the Dixie chicks. It doesn't matter if they're good. I'm going to watch them. This is one of the better ones, man. And I highly recommend it to put down your reservations about the Jonas brothers. If you're just like, Oh, that's just a Disney band. And you haven't heard the whole thing. Yeah, yet. you have not. We've heard told the whole you thing. little. Yeah, you have not. There is a lot of interesting stuff that happens. One thing that's great is you now see an arc. I think any group now that gets a manager and is together and they become huge, the manager needs to sit them down and say, "You may not think about it now, but you will break up. It's the inevitability. Y'all need to start thinking about what you're going to do when you do break up, so that you guys don't hate each other." Figure out what you're going to do. Are you going to spend time with your family? Because every documentary, at least they take a break. They're like, we can't do this. And what happens, I'm not going to tell you, but what happens when they break up is so interesting. And also knowing that, imagine having to come to the fact, especially with Nick Jonas, because he was born for this, man. Like coming to the fact that that's not going to happen. 
What whatever happens after the huge explosion, that is not going to happen. It's going to be going from arena to theaters, maybe. But that is such a weird thing to happen that people normally don't sustain that forever. I mean, who do we have? Beyonce. Jay. That's not a normal thing to just have for two decades. Right. Normally, it's a good decade. They had a solid seven-year de- or decade-long where they were just humongous. But normally, once it, you know, and uh, I can't say anything more, but what I will say is this. If you're good at anything, if you like watching documentaries about any- people that are good at anything, like good at art, good at whatever, watch the documentary, put it on. And this is not one of those where I'll say have it in the background. Actually sit down and watch it so you can see the dynamics. You lit, They had the video going. You see the dynamics changing. You see somebody actually grow in to being not nerdy, but a handsome lead that you didn't expect to be the lead. You're like, oh, he hit, like maturity did him well. This is a switch because I thought it was going to go another. It's just a great story. I loved it. I'm going to give, can I, can I rate it? Sure, go ahead. I'm going to give this. Oh, you know what? I might go high. Yeah, I think I might go high. I'm going to give this three. I'm going to give this three soundproof booths. Three soundproof? Man, what a soundproof. That is a, that was a great booth they had. Well, I guess the studio would have that, but man, it was solid. <laughs> I was like, God, that's a studio. Ooh, I want it now. They were very wise to capture a lot of footage from day one all the way up to the end. And yes, you see them go from a team, you know, maybe not so much a team as wanting to be a team to becoming this team to mm-hmm. becoming a fragment of the team having to make certain decisions against part of the team for the better of the band, the betterment of the band and how that all affects things. You deal with family, you deal with health issues, you deal, there's just so much going on in this documentary. And that's the whole point why I was really surprised. I mean, it just kept popping up on Amazon prime and I'm like, well, all right, why not? I got to watch something. So I threw it in and I'm expecting this to be, no, hold on. I'll give you a little bit of backstory too. I have a little more familiarity with the Jonas Brothers than you do, Steve. I actually have seen them live before. I took my daughter to see Miley Cyrus and they opened up. And they've always kind of been a band that I respected. I didn't really get into their music or anything like that. But watching them perform, they were the real deal. Like you just knew right off the bat. Even like they said in there, these kids had something that we don't see a lot. You know what I mean? It was a clear difference from from other acts that are coming through. And I felt the same way. They they proved themselves live. And I'm like, okay, these guys, I have respect for them. But even when they broke up and they started doing their own solo things, like Nick Jonas is, it's again, none of this is really my style of music that I just enjoy all the time. But Nick Jonas has proven himself to be a fantastic singer, great performer. And then like Joe Jonas went and did that DNCE. And you, you know that song Cake by the Ocean? Yes. Huge hit. Yes. So it's not like they needed each other to be famous. It's not like they needed the backing of Disney. So many people no. put this band under the Disney label, and that's just a small part of the story. Yes, it did skyrocket them, but they didn't need it per se. I guess I guess they needed the push, but after that, they didn't depend on Disney anymore. It's just a fantastic telling of a of a family that got huge and had some falls down the way and, but they, they pull it all together again. And I like the way it ends too. It kind of ends on a happy what's next for the Jonas brothers kind of a thing. I mean, they're all doing very well. I mean, uh, 
Joe isn't married. Wasn't Joe married to Sansa Stark? Yeah. It's, yeah, that's they ain't doing too bad. I don't know if they so. got married. I think they're engaged. They might be married. They just got married, yeah. And then oh, uh okay. who was it? Or maybe it's engaged. Who got married? One of them got married. Oh yeah, Nick Jonas. Uh, yeah. Who's he married to? Nick Jonas got married. Yeah, he got married to I forgot her name, but she he did like her cultured wedding. Yeah, she's a uh Which was dope. What is she like a Bollywood actress or something like that? I can't think of her name. Anyway, don't we tell a tale? But guys, check this yeah. out. Well, they're going to watch it. I want them to be surprised anyway. Yeah. I mean, if you're not paying attention to it, they do very well for themselves. So this was actually not the deepest thing, obviously, that I watched this week, but I have two favorites and definitely it's going to be when they see us. And surprisingly, it's going to be Chasing Happiness, the the Jonas Brothers documentary. I'm going to go ahead and rate this one. What'd you give it? I gave it three. I'm going to go ahead because I was so excited about it. I will go ahead and give it a 3.75 out of five episodes of camp rock there we go done deal i i watch it and please hit us up let us know what you think can't wait um and i'm gonna get on my job people i'm gonna get on my job y'all done messed up i'm gonna get on my job and actually watch these things it's over with now dan just put me on the spot i'm about to handle that business but until that wonderful time (laughs) i have bad news for you and good news the bad news is this is the last time you're going to hear my voice for about a week. The good news is you will hit it here yet, yet again in a week's time. So I'm going to tell you this. Prayers go up to Dan's knee, his patella. Already feeling better, brother. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> all the coffee tables out there that get kicked for no reason and then we complain about them. We're sorry. It's not your and fault. And for all of our wonderful, amazing, amazing listeners, we love you and the next voice you're going to hear is Dan the man. And I will leave you with this. Pursue your dreams and never stop and never give up. And even if you get dropped and even if something happens, keep moving forward, keep on doing your thing. You will end up, you never know. You might be in an arena with everybody singing your songs. Peace out. Love y'all. Who knows? You might be listening to a podcast that's going to be huge one day because we plan on following our dreams. You know what I mean? Guys, I'm going to leave you with this. Heroes of Noise podcast community on Facebook. We want you there. Patreon. We want you there. Do me a favor over the next week and hit us up and let us know. Is this something that you're interested in? Do you want to hear a Steve ringtone? I think you do. Personally, I feel like I got my finger on the pulse and I'm pretty sure you guys want this. My name is Dan Ramirez. That's Steve Hudson over there. You know who we are? We are the Heroes of Noise. We come to you each and every week and we bring it from the heart every single goddamn time. Whether you like it or not, it's always from the heart. That's it for me this week. I had a fantastic time, Stephen. Thank you so much for joining me, sir. With that, I'm going to tell you people something that I say weekly. Be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. (laughs) 